So what's the point? Why am I even here? If you will turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 14, I will tell you a story about stepping into some very scary waters. And only when I was able to look back, I could see how it was those scary waters themselves that helped me clarify God's purpose for my life. Um, I went to college 30 minutes down the road from the Ocoee River, which is one of the funnest whitewater rivers in the whole country. It's so fun because it's like class three, class four, class five rapids right after another. There's hardly any time to just relax. And uh, so uh, I went, I kind of got into this sport of whitewater kayaking. The Ocoee is where they had the 1996 Olympics of the whitewater kayakers. They did not play tennis in the Ocoee, just the whitewater kayaking. Uh, but when you learn how to whitewater kayak, the main trick that you have to learn, really the only trick, is you have to learn how to roll your kayak. Because what happens is you're in this teeny tiny little plastic boat and you get knocked over upside down. And so it's not difficult to imagine why it would be important to learn how to roll your boat right back, right side back up. Uh, because number one, you will eventually drown. So there's that. And also, uh, whitewater rivers are not reliably deep places. And so if you remain upside down, very quickly your face is going to become intimately acquainted with a rock down there on the bottom of the river and the rock is going to be a lot more stubborn than your face. So uh, if you can pull up this image now, um, when you uh, kayak down the Ocoee River, there's this one rapid, it's a three, it's a four, uh, and um, you can't avoid this rapid. And it's, it's rated pretty high because it's very bubbly, it's got these big waves in it, and there's this little drop, and then there's a, a much bigger drop in it. And uh, the name of that rapid, all these rapids, they all have fun names. And the name of this one is Broken Nose. Okay? That's the name of that particular rapid. And the reason they call it Broken Nose is that because if your kayak flips over while you're in that big wave, there is a rock right under there. And uh, your face is going to smash into it. And um, when you come up for air after that, you're going to be breathing through your mouth. Uh, and you're going to have a very long trip to try and get out of that river. And then you got to figure out a way to get to a car. And then you have like a 30 or 40 minute drive to a hospital. So it's just, it's going to be a bad day if you don't do broken nose right. So um, let me just teach you one more thing about kayaking. Many of you already know this, but this is really pivotal to, to, to kind of illuminating the scripture that we're going to get to in just a second, I promise. And that is when you are navigating a river, there are currents and there are eddies, right? And a current is like where the water's doing this, okay, like you think about when a, with a river. And an eddy is this magical place on the river where there is no current. It's just this peaceful, kind of stagnant kind of water where you can just sit there in your boat, and that river ain't going to take you anywhere you don't want to go if you're in an eddy, okay? You can just stay, and it's calm, and it's peaceful, and it's safe, and that's what an eddy is like. And so tomorrow, if you, if you go down the Ocoee River tomorrow, 
and you find that rapid named Broken Nose, right above that rapid, there is a current that just sucks you right into that rapid. And right next to that current, there is an eddy. And if you want to, you can just stay in that eddy all day long, and you don't ever have to go through that Broken Nose rapid. But once you get into that current, and it starts pulling you into that rapid, you no longer have a choice. If you try to change your mind once you're in that current, you will have a bad day. There's no going back and changing your mind once you step into the current. So this week we're continuing this series on purpose through the book of Exodus. We're asking this all-important life question, how do I find God's purpose for my life? How do you find clarity for your life's purpose in this season of your life. And so I want to share with you one of the most famous stories in the whole Bible. All right? It's a broken nose kind of story, you will see. It's a story about you and your life and how you actually discover God's purpose for you in this new season that you're living in. Okay? So the setup to this story is that the Israelites have just really, really, really made the Egyptians mad in a very, very big way. Um, God did this thing where all the firstborn in Egypt lost their firstborn, okay? And so Pharaoh decided to let all the slaves go free into the desert. And after they let all the slaves go free into the desert, Pharaoh and his administration were like, wait a second, that was like our whole workforce. Like, we can't even do this now. Let's, let's change our mind here. And so they chased them out into the desert. And so this is where the story picks up in in verse 14, beginning in verse 9. And I will read you this great story. It says, The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, all the people, they pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Hahiroth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians, marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? They were real smart alecks back then. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. But then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Thanks be to God for that very, very good word. So the Israelites run away from Egypt. They get as as far as as this body of water. Uh, Fun fact, the Red Sea is kind of a mistranslation. You should say reed sea, which would indicate there's a large body of water full of reeds in it between the, um, the Suez uh, uh, Gulf and uh, the Mediterranean Sea. That makes a lot more sense for the, the path they have to make. That's all nerdy things. Don't worry about that. 
they start grumbling and asking, what's the point, God? Why are we even here right now? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What's the point of this? Why am I even here? If you find yourself in a little itty-bitty kayak in a very scary river right above a rapid called Broken Nose, you might ask yourself that same kind of question. Why did I even put myself in this position? If you go off and you start at a new college and you don't immediately have new best friends or things are kind of weird or hard, you might ask yourself that question. Why did I even put myself here? If you no longer have the career or the job that you once had, if your physical body, your health has lost its mobility and you can't quite move like you used to, you might ask yourself the question, why am I even here anyway? What's the point? What's the purpose? And that is exactly how God's people felt as they were squished between the Egyptian army and the Reed Sea. When you find yourself asking yourself that kind of question, that is very oftentimes a nostalgia kind of moment, isn't it? Where the past starts to really sweeten up for you. And you start to think, oh, things were so much better back then when I was doing that other thing, when I was in that other place. Things were so much better before I got in this stupid kayak and I was staring down the eye of this rapid called Broken Nose. Even slavery in Egypt starts to sound pretty good at times like this. So look back at what God says to God's people when they ask those kinds of questions. This is what God says to them in verse 15. He says, Why are you crying out to me? Move on. I mean, what an awesome one-liner from God. Why are you crying about this? Just move on. Okay? This is like the exact opposite of what faith usually looks like. Okay? Like, usually I'm the one saying, like, all the time, like, man, whatever you're going through, you know, in life, you just got to cry out to Jesus, right? Like, that's what I'm usually, you just got to throw up your hands and white flag it, and you just got to cry out to God and lean on Him. And that's what I'm usually saying. And yet, right there on the actual page of the actual Bible, God is literally telling Moses to do the exact opposite thing. Why are you crying out to me? That The original Hebrew, uh, there, it's the same word for cry. Like, what are you crying about? You know? God doesn't strike me as one who wants to indulge whiny children in a moment of crisis. Instead, I think, I, I think it's, it's interesting uh, 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 what God is doing here. In this moment, when God's people have all these questions about what is the point and why am I here and what is the purpose... God answers the question with a commandment. He says, you've got to get moving. God says that if you want the answer to the question of why you're here, if you want the answer to the question of what your purpose is, the answer is not going to come to you like a UFO tractor beam thing, like telling you exactly what it's going to be. It's not going to be written out for you like that. God says... Just get moving. Do something. Move on. If you do that, 
pretty soon you're going to look back at the Egyptians drowning behind you and you'll understand what the purpose is or was. Okay? But as long as you just sit around and cry about it, you will not. So let me read for you what happens next. Uh, this is, I'm going to go down to verse 21 and 22. Uh, it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. I think that walking through the sea with a wall of water on both sides of you that's got to feel like dropping into a rapid called broken nose in a tiny plastic boat. I think that stepping off the shore into that canyon of water that at any moment could snap and close in on you and your family before you have any time to do anything about it, that has to feel a whole like the, like the moment you push your kayak out of the eddy into the current that is going to suck your boat into the foaming white water and has a stone that wants to smash your face. Because once you walk out into that reed sea, if the water folds in on you, it is too late. There's no going back on that sort of movement, that sort of action. It's officially too late to, to change your mind. And that's why movement, like real actual stuff, doing actual things. It's scary and risky and challenging. And things like thinking and talking and praying and reading and thinking some more and talking some more and reading some more and praying some more are so, so popular. You don't know what to do with your life? Just, just go get another degree. Yeah, just, just kick that can down the road somewhere. That'll help you figure things out. That's why people love, 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 love to have opinions about stuff. People love to listen to talking heads have opinions about things, and they love to form their own opinions about things, but movement, actually doing something, getting out there, actually working for a change, movement is very hard and scary and rare. It's not for nothing that the Hebrews remained slaves for hundreds of years before they made a run for it. The pastor, Andy Stanley, he says this about uh, when he's trying to hire people and uh, recruit leaders for this ridiculously large church in Atlanta. Uh, this is what Andy says, and by his own confession, it's a bit hyperbolic. He's exaggerating a little bit, but he says this. He says, recruit doers, not thinkers. It's much easier to educate a doer than it is to motivate a thinker. Again, exaggerating a little bit. Doers are hard to come by, though. Thinkers, people with opinions, people who cry out, people who have plenty of complaining to do about how God isn't doing things right, leadership isn't doing things right, circumstances aren't going right. Thinkers are a dime a dozen. So God says to God's people, why are you crying out? Move on. When you get moving, you start to see your purpose. There's that old story, I'm sure many of you have heard it, about the French entertainer Charles 
Blondin in 1859, who did the amazing, impossible, terrifying thing of walking way across Niagara Falls from the United States to Canada all the way on a tightrope. One time he crossed in a sack, one time he crossed on stilts, one time he rode across it on a bicycle, one time he carried a, a stove and he cooked an omelet while he did it. And then he took a wheelbarrow and he filled it up with a bunch of concrete and he pushed that across Niagara Falls on a rope. And then he said, how many of you think I could put a person in this wheelbarrow and push them across Niagara Falls? And everyone said, I think you can do that. I believe in you. I am of the opinion that you have the capability of doing that. And then he said, who wants to volunteer? And all you could hear was the steady rumble of the falls and crickets. Lots of people have lots of opinions and beliefs about how things ought to be. Lots of people have plenty of things to say and plenty of things to pray, and lots of people are sitting around on their hands crying out to God, what is my purpose? What's the point? Why am I here? But when you start to move, you start to make out your purpose. You start to see things happening. You start to see God moving. You start to see God subduing the chaos around you and making straight the paths before you and the people for whom you are responsible. And you realize that movement is scary. That movement feels like pushing your kayak out of an eddy into the current, gliding inexorably into the scary rapids. That movement feels like stepping from the shore into this magical canyon of water that could at any moment snap and kill you all. It feels like letting someone push you across Niagara Falls with nothing but a thin rope beneath you. That, that the moving on is scary. Because you can never be 100% sure that everything is safe. You can never be 100% sure that everything is right. But you just got to make that decision to step forward and hope that it's good enough for the time being. Now, friends, I just have this single solitary question to ask you this morning. I want this to be a sort of guiding question for you this week. When you come to the crossroads, when you come into transitions in life, when you're wondering where God is leading and you're wondering what the point of it all is, you're wondering what the purpose of life is, stop crying about it, okay? Stop crying about it and ask yourself this question right here. If you are not trying something risky, are you really trusting something holy? And the emphasis there is on that word trying. It's the most important word in that question. Try something, anything. It doesn't have to be the best case scenario. You could be wrong. There's a lot of risk in that. But if the only time you try something is when you have everything figured out, what kind of God are you really trusting in your life anyway? Like, are you trusting a God that you can hold in your hand and comprehend and it's a God that you can control? Or are you trusting 
the holy, mysterious God. The God that is bigger than you. The God that goes before you into the wilderness. That kind of God. If you're not trying something risky, are you really trusting something holy? It's only when you get moving, taking the risk of moving forward, that you begin to make sense of your purpose. 3,000 years later, you and I can so clearly see that God's purpose for Moses and for the Israelites there in that particular moment was to do this amazing, extraordinary thing. You can see that their purpose was to walk across this sea. There's no trust, there's no faith in sitting on your hands agonizing about the meaning of life. There's plenty of work to do, my friends. There's plenty of neglected and confused kids all around us. There's plenty of isolated uh, elderly folks and disabled folks that need your presence. There are oceans uh, that God's people need to cross. So stop protecting yourself from scary rapids and waterfalls with overthinking things and overanalyzing things and all your crying out to God. Why are you crying out to me, God says? Get moving. That's when you'll start making sense of your purpose. This week, whatever heartbreak or existential anxiety you are going through, God's challenge and invitation to you is this. Get moving. Okay? I don't care if it's just doing a bunch of chores in your house, okay? Or walking up and down Main Street until you find someone lonely to talk to, whatever it is, okay? Get moving. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand how God is going to hold up those walls of water. Get moving, God says. Take the risk of not fully understanding how all of this plays out and just get moving. Let's, let's pray together now. Loving and generous God, God that carries people across oceans, carries people through scary waters, who has been faithful in generations past and will be faithful today and tomorrow to all those who trust in Him, even when they can't see how it all plays out. Lord, we hear Your Word to us today to get we say yes to that call. In the name of Jesus, our brother and Lord, we pray. Amen. The good news of the gospel is that in Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven is available to you and to the whole world. And the Bible says that if you will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. This community of faith is bringing people closer to Jesus and closer to one another. So today, I invite you to make that confession or I invite you to join this good community of faith.